back into reds country radio we're a couple weeks into the season and the reds are back where you might have expected in last place it's been a tough schedule but we're going to talk about it there's been some good news and some bad news i'm donnie steve rob you guys ready to get into it let's do it baby absolutely all right so the reds are seven and eleven and like i said that puts them back in last place uh briefly they were uh, you know, looking a little better than that, but the Cardinals were actually in last place. Uh, so all the early season weirdness is going to shake itself out, I'm sure, uh, which includes the Reds not finishing in last place. I think they've looked a lot better than a last place team. Uh, but they did have a really tough stretch, stretch to start the season here. Uh, some of the best teams in the NL and the hottest team in all of baseball in the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. So that's been fun. What are your guys? Uh, we, we've got some big news to get into, but what are you guys' thoughts on how the product on the field has gone uh, the last couple of weeks? Um, I think this team's shown a lot of fight. It's kind of weird. Um, you know, when the season first started, there was a lot of one-run games, and uh, now it just seems like it's either a blowout one way or a blowout the other way. But yeah, they've got some fight. I would like to see the starting pitching get a little more. Uh, Go go longer in the game. It seems like they're taxing their bullpens out earlier, and um, I just uh, they just need more quality starts from their starters. A brutal stretch for them too. Like tw- they're in the middle of a twenty games and twenty days stretch after that Phillies game um, in Philadelphia for their home opener got postponed. So uh, and then like like you said, Rob, like the bullpens just getting killed left and right. Like they keep calling up and sending uh, guys down. Um, our guy Levi Stout made a spot start today, and um, it, it could have gone better if we're being <laughs> truthfully honest. But uh, I do think I I would like to see that. Just we're just not really hitting right now either. But um, you know, I was talking to my Twitter circle today, and I was talking about how we do have a rough road coming up as well after this with uh, some yeah. games against you know the Padres, the Rangers. Um, get some Oakland and Pittsburgh get mixed in there as well. So I'm I'm good with that. But um, they did mention, though, you know, we got our top three guys. And as long as they can really go out and produce, give you six, and get us to the back end of the bull. When's the last time we've seen Alexis Diaz? Like, I, it's been uh, like he, a week. He pitched last night, Steve. He, he came in in the eighth inning in the blowout and struck out the side. Oh, well, shit. Sorry. I, 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 I turned it off. My bad. No, I, I, I feel you. I feel you. It was uh, – it was pretty unceremonious. I mean, I, I, I was actually walking out of the game. Rob and I were there last night. Uh, yeah. I was walking out of the game, and I heard – I literally heard the music start playing for Alexis Diaz. I'm like, oh, I guess he needs work. And so I <laughs> yeah. stuck around. Uh, I had walked around to the front of the stadium at that point, so I just kind of walked down, and I had a really good spot right behind him, right behind the home plate, basically, uh, above, like, the scouts club or whatever. And uh, I just watched him strike out the side, and then I left. It was, it was nice. Yeah, my buddy and I, we took full advantage of the $3 beer deal last night for sure. Oh, that's still going on. That's good. Damn right it is. $3 beers, $2 hot dogs, and $1 ice cream. Three, two, one. Yeah. Uh, but no, Steve, you made a good point. The The bullpen has actually done pitched more innings by like a good margin than the starters during this homestand, which is never good. But they've actually done all right. I think it's like a, a mid-twos ERA, which is impressive. Uh the starters stinking, especially when it's coming from, uh, you know, Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green as well. That's frustrating. You know, you got to count on at least uh, those guys to get you good outings. And we haven't seen that the last couple times out, and that's been frustrating. But again, really good competition. Also, not an excuse. You got to win those games too. Uh, you can't. You'll never. You never make the playoffs, or you never advance in the playoffs if you just beat up on the Pirates and and lose to every good team you play. So Cardinals. Yeah. Pirates. You get into the yeah, playoffs every year and then just just lose immediately. <laughs> right. 
I'm willing to give uh, cut Hunter Green a little bit of slack. He did get pulled from his last start because he took that ball off the shin that rolled to first base. Lodolo got beat up last night. You don't want to see that. But I think it's just just an anomaly. And like what you were saying in the group chat earlier, Steve, let them get their stink out now. That way they don't have it later in the season. Yeah, and then, you know, like Graham has been solid. Like I, I've really liked everything that I've seen from Graham so far this year. He's been consistent. Like he, I think he's given five or six innings each start, like usually – pretty good on the strikeouts over too. Um, he he's he's been solid. I've I've really enjoyed watching him pitch. Dolo, like and in Green as well. Like Green's had a few more rough starts to start, but you know, again, they, these guys are young guys and we can't really expect them to be completely polished yet. And I do think that having Green and Lodolo and Ashcraft at the top, there's just gonna be some some weeks where they're just completely not on their game. They're not finished products by any means, but I do think that's exciting, though, when they do show you, oh, yeah, like, this is, like, what they're what they're capable of. And, like, well, shit, like, we we got something cooking there with those three. I just think it's those nights when, you know, unfortunately, like, uh, you know, Tuesday night with Lodolo and Stout, Overton, Sessa, when you get those bad starts um, and then your offense doesn't is not really able to produce at all to respond to that, it's just it's just not good either way. But I do think the Reds are better than their run differential. And I want you all, listeners, take advantage of that. If you're uh, investing in the Reds each night like some of us are on this show, you know, there, there's going to be a few nights where they're a dog. But if you know Graham Ashcraft's out on the mound, take the Reds. I mean, you know, there's some going to be some juicy lines for the Reds as underdogs over the next few weeks just because I don't think this stretch is indicative of who they really are. Yeah, We're a gambling pod. I love it. <laughs> we could definitely make that happen. Uh, I'll start putting out some daily picks. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so it it's certainly been frustrating for Reds fans that uh, the starting pitching has, it, you know, if guys like Overton and Sessa probably shouldn't be in this rotation. Uh, and we're starting to see that change. Levy Stout came up. Who knows if he's going to stay? He'll probably go back down. Honestly, I thought he settled in nicely after that first inning. Uh, and I wouldn't mind seeing him pitch again. But, I mean, he's a guy that at least has some future on this roster. Overton and Sessa don't really, unfortunately. And, you know, it, it, Reds fans are understandably frustrated, even so, even more so after a pretty decent start to the season relative to expectations. And then it's like, okay, this team has proven that they can kind of put together some offense here and there. They've got some great top-end pitchers, but then we're running out these guys that should be in AAA or retired, you know, or maybe in the bullpen in the middle relief. Uh, what are we doing, right? And so that's frustrating. We'll see if that shakes out. We'll see if they call up the right guy. And, you know, if that works out, uh, Luke Weaver will be starting tomorrow, today's game, as you listen. Uh, that's exciting. Chase Anderson's pitched decently in AAA. I think he'll get a shot to come back up and, and mix in if if guys keep stinking. Uh but yeah, it, it'll work itself out again. We're really early in the season, and I think overall, you know, even the rec- even though the record probably should be a few wins higher, uh, I'm happy with the start. Yeah, uh, what surprises me the most uh, with this whole Overton Sessa situation is like I knew it was all going to like come apart at some point. I just didn't think it'd come apart this quick, and uh, just really shows just the weakness in the starting rotation when you when you're rolling those guys out every fourth and fifth day, and it just seems like you're kind of basically giving a game away every, every. Well, Rob, is it almost better that way? Because we can go ahead and just like rip the bandaid off and be like, okay, these guys do not belong in the rotation. Whether that means we go trade for someone, go find someone. uh, It could mean giving somebody a a chance like Levy Stout. It could be a sink or swim kind of deal. Like he might stay up. Who knows? Uh, You know, uh, some of our other prospects, who knows? We might see Abbott here, you know, before June. Uh, that would be incredible, but uh, guys are going to get I I agree with you. No, I I agree with you, but uh, the Overton thing, it really surprised me because he was pitching decently well before he got hurt last year. And I kind of thought he would build build off that success that he had, but obviously that hasn't translated. Yeah. And, you know, relievers are going to continue to get shots too. I thought Casey Legamina looked great when he was up here briefly. Really impressive. Her looked pretty solid too. We just don't really have any relievers that we – uh, that we want to get rid of because a few of them we'd have to uh, DFA uh, and there's a couple others that we could send down, but they're not guys we want to send down. The like Cruz and Young, I think, have options. Uh, Fernando Cruz and Alex Young, but 
they're both pitching really well. Uh, Reaver San Martin, I think, also has an option, but he's a lefty, and you do have Young, but they probably wouldn't send him down. So, unfortunately, the rookies get get the cut there. Uh, but it's good having that depth. Uh, I think our bullpen had a rough stretch there, but I think, I don't know, I, I think they're going to be okay. They're going to be competitive. And we've we've seen them, like I said, they've pitched better and more innings than the starters have this homestand. Uh, not a great trend, but they they made the most of it. On the offensive side, again, had a nice start to the season, but that's been frustrating. There's a couple guys we want to talk about. Uh, as far as Tyler Stevenson, where is his power gone? Uh, why do we still have three catchers, really? Um, Spencer Steer getting hurt kind of puts a damper on things, but I've seen some great stuff out of him. I've seen some great stuff out of uh, TJ Friedel. Uh, Fairchild has had his moments. I'm glad he's kind of stuck. Um, but you know, Jason Vossler kind of disappearing after that hot start. Any any general thoughts on the offense before we get into the the main news that we need to discuss? Yeah. Uh, currently, the Reds have three guys batting above 300. Spencer Steer leads the team with 320. We'll see how long he's injured for. And then, uh, yeah, we're talking about Tyler Stevenson not swinging a hot bat. He's actually fourth on the team with a 259 batting average. So there you go. Uh, no home run. Yet, no, but what's his slugging? It's the OPS. Come on. Slugging. Yeah, he's an OPS guy. Um, 661 OPS. Yeah, that's not great. 293 slugging, so no. He's our four-hole hitter. That's not great. No, you need more production every four-hole hitter for sure. Yeah. But no, we got guys hitting for average. We got a lot of guys getting on base. We're stealing more, I feel like, in the last week than we did in, like, the first week or so of the season. Uh, and I like to see that we're, you know, causing causing disruptions on the base paths. Uh I think we're going to be all right. I mean, we got a lot of good young guys that we can mix and match. I think everyone's getting getting good rest, staying fresh, you know, playing DH occasionally or taking a day off, and it doesn't really set us back. Uh, but and the thing I'll, I'll I'll transition us here. There's it's a good core group of guys to build around. A lot of guys under thirty that are playing well. A lot of guys under under twenty seven even that are playing well. Uh, and finally, we saw some action on the Reds proving they can put some money where their mouth is and saying, okay, we've got a young core. We're going to try to keep them together, build on that. And we signed Hunter Green to a six-year extension for $53 million, I believe. Correct. Uh, with a seventh-year team option that would bring it to the mid-70s uh, with some more incentives based on performance and, and innings, I imagine, uh, that could send him, send the total contract value up to 90 or so. Uh that's really exciting. It buys out one year of his free agency, so we get one extra year for, uh, versus if he were to just walk at the end of his uh, basically rookie contract, call it. You get six years of team control in the MLB. This basically gives us a seventh with an option for an eighth. Uh, considering he's a guy that if you expect his ceiling to keep going, uh, you know, if, if he becomes a Cy Young type guy, I don't care what the Reds are doing from now and seven years from now, we're not going to be able to afford him. So getting an extra year or two than what we would have otherwise fantastic and in the past we've seen contract extensions come in bunches so looking forward to seeing what else might happen that was a bit of a ramble but guys rob i'll start with you give me your thoughts on the hunter green extension uh, i really like the deal obviously um to me it, it shows how like we discussed before we got on and started recording that the front office is identifying that they have these young studs in the in the organization and they want to, I think this is the first domino to fall for them to start extending offers to these guys and trying to build around these guys. And you start out by um, signing your, your number one draft pick. And uh, you got to think Lodola is going to be next or Ashcraft's going to be next or Stevenson or is going to be next. But this is very, a very promising start. Yeah. And uh, Don, you touched on it. Like this, you know, I, the, the, some of the, the, the sports talk radio callers apparently were upset. Mm -hmm. Um, with, with this again, theme with some of the Facebook commenters, but it's really, it, it's really low risk. And I say that because of this, and it's a Braves type deal. We've talked about the Braves, what they're doing with their contracts. You're just basically buying out arbitration. You're not really extending him too long. You're going to have him for those years anyway. And, um, I don't want to hear anymore. Oh, they're just going to trade him talk after that. I mean, you know, if you, if he gets traded in his seventh year, that means he's been, one, not really injured enough. Two, he's been really good for us in a certain stretch where we would want him to be really good and where the Reds are competitive. And three, it's good value for the Reds as well. And in this 
you know, half in, half out thing that the Reds want to do. They're not spending as much, but they're spending more than the bottom five teams. I, I do think you need to find value in guys who you draft, develop, and sustain. It's also really not that risk-free. Uh, like, it is it is somewhat risk-free for the Reds, too, because if you look at what his potential earning could have been compared to, like, other guys who have just gone through the arbitration process every year, could make a lot more than that $53 million number just by going to arbitration every year. So you don't have to piss him off every year by going to arbitration, saying all the yeah. things you don't like about him just <laughs> for him to get more upset and want to leave earlier or request a trade earlier. I don't think anybody's really requested a trade in baseball. Um, that's, that's more popular, obviously, in like NFL, NBA, NHL. Okay. I'd, I'd, I'd want to hear what you guys have to say about like trade requests in MLB. I don't, I can't really think of any, but I feel like it's happened, but uh, yeah, the people saying like, oh, well, it's a really tradable contract because uh, it's because it is friendly to the team that's paying it. Sure. But I don't see it that way. I, I think they really do want to lock him up. Uh, and yeah, I think Hunter absolutely would have gotten more if he, uh, you know, stuck it out and then just did arbitration years. I mean, you could, he could easily be a 20, 25 million, 30 million guy in arbitration, uh, you know, assuming salaries keep going up and he keeps pitching well. I mean, at 23 years old. He's going to be peaking as a pitcher when this contract is up. And that's seven or eight years from now. That's crazy. Yeah. Or yeah. six or seven years from now, I guess. Uh, yeah, the, con- the contract hasn't through his age 29 season. Yeah. yeah actually, yeah. He'll, he'll turn 29 when he hits free agency, technically. I, I also wanted to say this, too. Somebody brought it up on the timeline. I forget who it was, but who you are, shout out. Uh, there's a rare combination of a dude who's, like, good in the community, good in the clubhouse, and really good on the field. And Hunter Green checks all those boxes. And, yeah. you know, First round pick. We see him all the time, you know, talking about how much he does for charity and for community. He already established some scholarships in his community to go to like his high school. You know, all the guys in the clubhouse really seem to like him. Like we haven't really heard anybody saying they dislike Hunter Green. Uh, he's always the crowd shots. He's always like talking to the guys on the bench. Like he was even pumping up the crowd one time uh, yeah. at the end of a game. Like I, I, I think just he does. See- and I think he does like Cincinnati a lot too. Uh, you know, being a being from Southern California, that's not always a guarantee. But, uh, you know, does the Midwest small city vibe with you? But I think he does. He's been spotted out at, you know, restaurants in OTR before. Uh, I, I think he likes it here. And it sounds like he, you know, he, he talked in his interview with, with, the, or the, with the press conference today. He really wants to bring winning back to Cincinnati. And he thinks they have the pieces to do that. And obviously, you always hear... Uh, you always hear guys saying about their current team, like, oh, you know, well, we got a great team because in that, you know, in that bubble, you think everyone around you is great and good enough. And you always love the team you're on. Uh, and the the owners are always going to talk like, oh, yeah, we're really building to something. We've got the pieces to do it. But something about the way he was talking about the future and, and bringing he said the words World Series, like I think they see that potential. And it, uh, you know, it really is there. And I thought that was cool to see who was it, TJ Friedel, Tyler Stevenson and John India. Uh, came up from the clubhouse to watch that conversation. And those are guys that I could all see being on this team uh, and contributors, all-stars for the next six, seven years as well. Uh, guys that could be extended as well. Uh, they know they're that part of that core. And, and like you're saying, the Braves thing, I mean, this is the start. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see who comes next. Yeah. yeah, just a couple other notes real quick before um, we move on. Um, you know, the, like you said, the Braves thing, like, I think it's good for the Reds to like take advantage, no, not take advantage, but you know, sign guys when they're younger because when they like the club and they're not, you know, maybe as jaded. And obviously, you got to take the right risks with that. The Braves have basically hit on all of their guys, like all of the guys they sign to those young contracts are like really good. Um, and you're not going to hit a hundred percent. If you do, then we're going to be celebrating a World Series title uh, in a few yeah. years. But I, it's going to be hard. So, like, you know, they might not sign everybody or they might not uh, be succeed with everybody. But the thing, too, that I really like what Jim Day said about his conversation with Hunter Green is that he really likes the tutelage of Derek Johnson and all of the pitchers mm-hmm. in the organization really like Derek Johnson. And for uh, our friends who think that David Bell should be fired soon, if you lose David Bell, you probably lose Derek Johnson, Derek too. Johnson. Uh, and... Finishing point. Not like it. It shouldn't be a reason that if it gets bad enough and it keeps constantly being David Bell rather than the players on the team just not having enough talent to beat other teams, then yeah, you got to make a move. Got to figure that out. But 
I think that spoke to me a lot just to say, hey, the guys really like Derek Johnson. They really like hearing from him what he has to say. I think we've seen it. Like, as the pitching in the time we've been doing this podcast for this Reds team has never been better than it has been, like, in the years since we've been at Great American Ballpark. True. You even argue it's been even better than, like, the big red machine times. Like, we had a Cy Young winner roll through Cincinnati, you know? We had, like, multiple guys who have gotten traded away because of their pitching prowess and because, like, our number four starter from that 2020 season is now, like, the number two starter on the Twins. Like, the, there's a lot of dudes who have been successful and will continue to have success. I think Derek Johnson has a really big part in that. So, I would just... Man, man speaking of, don't look at don't look at Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo's stats if you want to, if you don't want to feel yeah, sad I, about I yourself. I, I think they're, <laughs> they're both leading the MLB in ERA or something. Uh it yeah, was man, perfect right. for six innings his last start. I flipped the yeah, game on. Right. But he, like, he probably gave up a hit after I flipped it on, but it was like, yeah. <laughs> so, and I think that's one thing that's different about this kind of rebuild or, you know, when we were going for it, call it in like 2019 or so, that was built all on free agency signings. And you knew it was a smaller window. Like Nick Castellanos was only going to be good for a few more years. Uh when you're building on a core that's all under 30, under 28 or so even, uh, pitchers under the age of 26, that's crazy. That's a long-term core. And so we, we've got some other notes on the extension talk. And the fact that they've got these three pitchers that are all 25 or younger, that is crazy young for a pitcher, for a pitching staff. I mean, pitchers don't peak. Pitchers probably peak later than hitters. I'd say 29, 30, uh, 31 even is when you get real peak on most pitchers. You're seeing some... Uh, starting pitchers have their best season of their career between age 34 and 36. So I think pitching, getting these young guys locked up now is seems to be a priority for this organization. Obviously, we saw Hunter be the first shoe to drop. And today the media also asked some other players about their status with the contract talks, which I was kind of surprised that they asked them that for one, and that some of the players actually answered rather than just saying no comment. Uh, so we got Nick, Nick Lodolo said, straight up said that, yeah, there's been conversations, which – Wow, awesome. Uh, I was surprised he acknowledged straight up that there have been contract talks. And I think he wants to be here. I think he wants to learn from Derek Johnson. I think he wants to pitch along Hunter Green as long as possible. So I think that will happen. I think it's just about when. Ashcraft says, I'd rather not say. There's a lot of positives going on. Again, that sounds to me like, yeah, he's also having conversations. Uh, he could be extended for maybe cheaper, too, since he doesn't have quite the uh, upside potential, which is silly at this point. but. Uh, that's kind of how that works. And then India, they also asked him, and he said, no conversations. We'll see what happens. They love the player I am. I thought it was interesting as well that he straight up said there have been no conversations. Rather than just saying, like, I don't want to talk about it or no comment, he did say there were no conversations. So that's interesting to me that we've got three pitchers that are either signed or, or in talks. And I don't know if they asked Stevenson, but India said, no, there haven't been talks. So for whatever it is, for, for whatever that means, it does sound like they want to lock up the pitchers first. India also could be a little bit, uh, you know, as much as good of a player as he's been, as good a leader he's been. He is a middle infielder, and we have a lot of middle infielders. So I think that could be telling there. They might be fine with him walking away after his six uh, team control seasons. But uh, so what are your thoughts on those other players and the pitching approach? Steve? Yeah, so uh, I – like I said, I love like the idea of signing these guys when they're young, but not making them upset over the arbitration cycle and locking in your top three dudes for the next six years, like you said. And if you know, I, I don't know if they would value Lodolo more or like if you got them all to sign that same deal that Hunter Green just signed, I think you'd be pretty happy with that. Like yeah. I, I think those are all team friendly deals. Those are those are deals that Obviously, could be traded later on, but you no. Know, again, same thing I said earlier with Hunter applies to both Lodolo and Ashcraft. And you know, you're buying low relatively on them when uh, same thing. They could have arbitration values of over 15 million. Um, right. Lodolo has uh, Tuesday night start notwithstanding has shown the tools to be really good in this league. Like his two starts against the Phillies were some of the best starts I've seen. Um, well, uh, no, the, the first start against the Pirates was really good, and then the second start against the Phillies was good as well. Um, I mean, and I was talking about how much I love Graham Ashcraft earlier, and again, all three pitchers who really love Derek Johnson. Um, Alexis Diaz, another guy who is a 
a young guy, and I don't know if you would want to extend a reliever like that, but and if you get like you know uh, Andrew Abbott, who's in Chattanooga right now and is really lightening up down there, if he comes up and he's your number four, maybe you don't extend him because you know extending a number four starter, you could probably get a like a veteran to fill in that role. But man, there's a lot of pitching depth on this team, and I think it would do well to try and extend those guys on the offensive side of the ball. Um, there's some questions about what Jonathan India can do. And um, he quote tweeted some of our Reds nerd friends uh, on Twitter right before spring training. So, um, you know, we're, we're hoping for more of a breakout season from him. Uh, we mentioned Tyler Stevenson earlier. He's not really having the season that you'd like. And there's some, been some questions as well as to his, his like catching and his pitch sequencing yeah. and uh, how he works with guys. But, um, you know, and the, but the, everybody likes those two guys. And I do think, there's more room for our young guys as well to come up and grow. And I, th- I think, you know, if we are going to be not uh, like one of the top 10 payroll teams in baseball, I think it's best to build from that pitching staff and make the offense a little bit more interchangeable. And I would like to see India Stevenson, these guys stay, but you know, it's much easier theoretically to find another second baseman, even one in your organization than it is to find three stud starting pitchers. Rob, what do you think? Yeah, kind of building off your point, um, a trio like this, I feel like, comes around once every like 15, 20 years, and the team's recognizing that you know, these guys are special, and you got to lock them up because these guys are going to be the bedrock of whatever you're trying to build around. And um, I, uh, from the offensive side of the ball, I, I think uh, Steve Stevenson really needs to pick it up because he's a guy that they call like QB1, and everybody loves him. He's a, he's a leader, top rail guy, they say. Uh, I've seen some speculations uh, like on Twitter uh, before the season started, like hypothetically, like showing like what the lineup could look like, you know, two, three, four years out. And some that had India in the outfield, which I thought was pretty interesting going, just going off of the, uh, the infield depth that's in the organization. Um, but yeah, it's promising stuff guys. Yeah. So the other thing I want to touch on, uh, which goes to some of the issues the team has right now, uh, and also combine that with some talks about the future. Uh, injuries are always a discussion with baseball. Uh, we've got Lucas Sims just came back. Uh, we're hoping to see Tony Santian back soon, although he uh, had a little bit of a setback. Spencer Steer was hurt, although we're expecting that to be short. Uh, Joey Votto also had a setback with his kind of injury or uh, rehab stint in AAA, not really going, going to form. Senzel's been back, and he's been hitting well. Uh, so getting a fully healthy roster, obviously important. Uh, we can talk about Vado a little bit if you guys want. I, I saw some speculation. If he just doesn't feel good, he's just going to straight up retire, like, this month or next month, like, soon, which is kind of scary. Uh, we've also got Christian Encarnacion Strand and Ellie De La Cruz. Both should be rejoining Louisville soon, uh, and they could be knocking down the door if guys like – Kevin Newman, Jason Vossler, Votto aren't going to perform, which is scary to think about. But given the injury situation, I don't know, give me some thoughts on these guys that are coming back, Uh, the young guys. How is the roster going to shake out over the next few months? Are are these guys really going to knock the door down? Are we just going to have to almost hope for injuries? And, like, you know, Ellie De La Cruz is only going to get the depth, uh, only going to get a chance if Jose Barrera gets hurt or something. What's going to happen? Give me some thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I wonder um, just if we can like see those older guys just go out the door for the younger guys. But I, I think the Reds really want to see if CES and Ellie really have what it takes at you know the AAA level. But yeah. if Matt McClain keeps hitting the way he is, and I'm going to look up his stats right now because I'm generally curious. I only see like what these guys do just like in the highlight sense. I don't really see like their stats all the time. I think McLean's OPS is just under 1000. Like a guy like that, if, you know, like you said, Jason Vossler, you know, uh, Newman. Newman and Vossler are the the two that come to mind with that could easily be dealt for scraps or even just DFA'd if they're not performing because you've got, Man, I don't want to wait another season if these guys are ready. McLean oh. should get his chance now, really, especially if if you think Ellie's a full season away. Well, Give McLean a chance. The window's starting next year, 
right? Like yeah, you, you think your window is realistically 2024 on. And I, I would rather see these guys like Ellie get some time at the end of this year to really figure out where he's going to play. Because, you know, I'm taking Ellie De La Cruz over Jose Barrera any day of the week. And um, our guy, uh, Trace Fowler, <laughs> he, man, he, he went on a rant about a 2-1 pitch that uh, Barrera swung at that um, – He's just got a lot of enthusiasm for Reds baseball uh, about yeah. random counts in a game that they won eight to one, which, you know, shout out to him. And, uh, but I, I do think, you know, there's a, there's a clear hierarchy, right? Like we've seen Jose Barrero and he has not been able to hold his place. Unfortunately, I think you would rather ha- see Ellie over him. Um, and I, I feel bad for Kyle Farmer and all of this because we wanted to see Barrero instead of Farmer, and then Farmer kept producing. Barrero didn't, and now Bar- uh, Farmer's gone. And Farmer probably would have been, you know, kicked out of the way for Ellie as well. But I don't know. I just I would rather see these young guys in June or July than Kevin Newman, Jason Vossler. Like, there's a reason that nobody other, no one else wanted these guys other than you know the Reds and. They are filling a roster spot for right now, and we've seen some production from Newman and Vossler, but I, I think it, it's nice that the Reds have a little bit more flexibility and they don't have a, another Tommy Pham or Mike Mustafa. They don't have some anchors that they can't really get rid of until the tra- like trade deadline. You could just DFA Newman. You could DFA Vossler. Like they're on minimum deals. You know, It's not really going to hurt you too much, and you just call up the young guys. Like I, I do think that there's – if you want to look at it that way, I, th- I think there's some positive – to having some guys that are like not making more than a million dollars um, to play on the club this year. True. That's a good point. Surprisingly, Vossler still leads the team in home runs. He's got three of them. Well, yeah, the whole entire to... offense has kind of <laughs> yeah. fallen off a little bit recently. Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to ask you guys about that. Like, if, do we really not have a home run hitter this year? Because like that's kind of how we've done offense over the last few years. If we're not going to have one, then I, I don't really see unless we you know do the classic manufacturer runs thing and like try well, to steal bases. And so stuff. so Steve, that brings me to some thoughts. The Twitter nerds have been talking a lot recently about uh, the size of Great American Ballpark, the fences. Uh, we you know Great American Small Park, like it's obviously a hard place to pitch. Right now, we have incredible pitchers, and we have we don't have power hitters essentially. Like when when uh, when Great American Ballpark went up, we had Ken Griffey Jr. and Adam Dunn on the roster, and the whole idea was this roster was kind of built to hit home runs. Right now, that's not the case. This roster would be way better in a in a ballpark with cavernous outfield where you could just slap doubles all day, uh, and, and that would also work with a really good pitching staff that kept balls in the park when you do face a team that has power hitters. So uh, it's almost like this team wasn't really constructed for the roster that they're going to play 81 games in, which is a little bit silly. But, uh, you know, that could change over time. Obviously, this is just one season. And the ballpark's been up for 20 years now. So I don't know. I, I think that's interesting. I, th- I think you're right. And also, like, you know, that that's not really, like, what they're trying to do now. Like, they're not going to go, like, trade for a guy who's going to hit 30 home runs. And, like, yeah. you know, like I – I just don't unless like CES is your guy that somehow just comes up and starts mashing next year. Like I don't really see someone that is really lighting the world of fire right now. Um, and you know maybe you can move the fences back or move move uh, like raise the it's fences a little bit. Yeah, didn't the Orioles yeah. just do that or something? Yeah, yeah, and they said it saved them like sixteen road home runs or like, it it won them like sixteen <laughs> games or something. I don't know if that's exactly true. They they were a lot <laughs> better like than they lot. were the previous season um, yeah. last year. But um, just from a baseball purist standpoint, like I would rather see less screaming line drives go into like the first row seats in left field. Um, Rob, I, I'm going to look up something, but I want to hear what you have to think about that. Or what you have to say about that? Well, going going back to your point about ballpark dimensions, one of the baseball history uh, pages that I follow on Instagram um, had a picture of, um, I think it was the, it was, I got it now, it was when the athletics were in Kansas City and they tried to move their right field porch in and they had it the same dimension as Yankee Stadium and the league made them move the fence back. So he took, uh, made a line on the field with the wall at Yankee Stadium would have been and every time that an out was made past that line, he would make the announcer say um, that would have been an, that would have been a home run in Yankee Stadium. 
Uh, you go back to the, like some of the power numbers. I think they were kind of banking on Stevenson to be the the home run hitter and the power guy, and that just hasn't been there. Um, and like I said, they, they, or like you guys were saying, they, the Reds are playing small ball. It's working for now, but is it something they can sustain through the entire season? I, I don't know. It's tough. I think you got to have you got to have at least somebody there, you know, on pace to hit you know, 20, 25 home runs. I will say that with the rule changes, though, this is the season to not be stacked with home run hitters. I mean, we can we. We uh, what what's the joke, Rob? That uh, you know that that Joey Votto uh, that Joey Votto uh, commercial, like oh, that's a hit now. Uh, all these you know lefties that we have, they can just hit singles through the through the hole now on the yep. right side. I'll take it. That's how uh, that's how John India's gotten a lot of hits. Uh, and you know we're, we got a lot of young guys that are fast. We're going to cause havoc on the bases. We got bunters on the team now. That's crazy. Uh, T.J. Friel's got. Uh, he's got all these bunt hits. Like that's fun, and home run home runs are fun too. But I think this is the year to try that approach for sure. Well, I'm I'm also wondering too, like uh, because I heard on the broadcast the other night, like this, um, the the, uh, the Great American Ballpark, like more home runs have been hit there, and in the 20 years has been open than any other stadium. But like I'm pretty sure that the Reds have not like have like never been close to the the league lead. In home runs, and obviously, I, I've got a lot of bad pitchers, it. Steve. Oh, uh, yeah, that too. But uh, it's just like kind of crazy to me that like we've we built this park obviously for Junior and Adam Dunn, and like we've just never been able to take advantage of it, you know. And I, I, I think you know, as the times change, I think it would be like that, like take the the home run like the first home run that Levi Stout gave up today, it was just a screaming line drive that just barely cleared the wall and uh, for a home run. And if, you know, you raise the wall a couple feet, maybe that saves, saves it. It's a double. And maybe, you know, it's not immediately a one, one, nothing deficit. Like, yeah. I wonder if, is that how you would do it? Would you think they just raised the height of the wall or would you move it back? They probably uh, have to move it back, like just because so fans could still see over the wall. Like right, probably right, right. just cut out like the first five rows in every section in the outfield, which I don't know. Some, That's a lot. I don't know if they'd move it that far back. Someone uh, up in the you know the the ticket office is not going to be happy with that decision. You know, <laughs> but um, well, we're not exactly filling the ballpark every night, anyway, Steve. That's yeah. what I was going to say as well. You know, I <laughs> I just. I, I don't see why not. Like they, you got to save your guys some runs, especially if you're. But even that, to... you know, even that is a that's a big decision to make a big change to your ballpark, and it's not something you would do every couple years as your roster makeup changes. So um, I don't know. I think it, I think a bigger ballpark makes for a more fun brand of baseball. Like home runs that deserve to be home runs will be home runs, but it opens up the park for uh, you know opens up the outfield for for more fun, making baseball fun again. Well, and if you think about it too, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I have way too many opinions on the. the no, keep it going. I, I like this. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, when uh, Riverfront was originally built, it was uh, twelve feet, uh, twelve foot high fences in the outfield. You know, and obviously that was the most successful period of time for the Reds. Like a lot of double, there was not many home runs. Obviously, George Foster was the guy hitting the home runs back then, but there was a lot of like, if you go back and watch those games, there's a lot of doubles off like the top of the wall. I mean, you know, and like. Like you said, that's like the brand of baseball that MLB wants back. Like they want to bring back that, you know, guys on the base pass, constant movement, like guys running the bases. And I I do think that would it's just interesting because you've never been able to take advantage of having like three thirty home run hitters at Great American Ballpark. It always seems like it's the other team coming in and mashing like fifteen dingers in a series or something. And like, you know, like those Cubs teams of twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen, like who would just homer the crap out of us every series. And I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. And somebody brought it up on Twitter a couple of years ago, and I was like, damn, I had never really thought of that. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should just well, be. Yankee Yankee Stadium in the Midwest and just have the short porches and just let everybody hit home runs. But, you know. We went through kind of the main portion of the uh, of everything we wanted to hit pretty quickly there. Uh, I, you know, I'm excited about the Hunter Green thing. I think this red team is going to figure it out a little bit. Uh, you know, that, that, that little 3-1 start, I think, got people just excited enough to pay attention a little bit this year. Uh, oh, the other, the other thing worth mentioning... It sounds like Bally Sports is finally going to uh, 
get rid of the Reds in about two weeks, a little less than two weeks. And so my, my good friends that have YouTube TV will finally be able to watch. I think the MLB will be broadcasting them. Uh, I guess it's basically MLB TV, and you don't even have to pay for it, but you'll be able to use that same portal and watch the games. So that will be pretty cool. Um, It'll be nice. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I, I guess the, from, from from my understanding, did like they missed a payment or something like that, and they have like a 15 day grace period to make the payment, but they're not going to make the payment anyway. So it's yeah. yeah, yeah. So that they May 6th Saturday rates. night game, it's basically just going to be like no Bally music anymore. It's just going to be like it's Cincinnati Reds baseball, and like no like sponsor or like you know sponsored like no more yeah. Fox Sports Ohio or Bally Sports Ohio. It's just Reds baseball and. Uh, it'll be the same I, guys though i believe right it'll be the yeah, same, same guys yeah like sadak all, and yeah. welsh those guys are employed by the reds right 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 yeah. but i i do think this is something too that could just bring more fans into the game we've talk, been talking about for years you know how can they like get more more people back and you know just eliminate the blackouts and i think what the plan was too was to like offer it for free on just all these different local things and you can just the reds are just going to like offer the ability to just buy a reds package like for i don't know how they price it maybe like 10 15 bucks a month but if you're diehards like us you're gonna buy that like that's like yeah. you know i my dad watches 162 or close to it you know and i know that he if it wasn't coming through his cable package he'd find a way to to watch it like and i think we don't give people enough credit like there's people who want to watch these games and you know, maybe if it's not on cable, they're not as willing to go get it. But I think once this, and then once this team is good again, that, there's 162 games to watch. Like that's going to give Reds a lot more opportunities to get in front of fans. And like, like, like we were saying, the YouTube TV people and uh, the people who don't really want to live the pirate way of life uh, and yeah. want to watch games that way. Like, I, I think this will just bring. Uh, how many comments have we had on our social media on our pages? just over the past few years saying, yeah, I, I can't watch it. Like I, I just, I, they couldn't watch it just because the TV provider didn't offer it to them. So yeah, it's I'm crazy that happened, but yeah. it, it, it's good. That's finally ending. Uh, and I will say as well, the product, as far as the game experience uh, at the ballpark is a great one. You know, Rob and I were there on the Tuesday night and it was a smaller crowd. I think there were 11 or 12,000, which made for, you know, short beer lines. It was great. Yep. Uh, you know, the weather hasn't been perfect, but that'll change through the summer, especially when, uh, you know, the kids get out of school. Uh, hopefully, I, you know, I think it was a very and we, we, we've talked pretty much good things about the ownership today in this conversation, you know, touching on the Hunter Green stuff. Uh, peak pessimism for sure last year around the ownership group. And I think people are not necessarily happy with them today, uh, you know, even with the, the Hunter Green move and a somewhat decent start to the season. Uh, I think they have a long way to go to really earn people's trust. And I think there's a lot of people still kind of boycotting the team as far as watching it or even going in person. I'm not going to pay Bob any money to sell the team. But I think we could turn a corner there. I mean, the Bengals were the most hated ownership group in, in all of the NFL. And you know what? Winning changes things. And it seems like the Reds kind of have a plan. And if they stick to it, if the Reds start winning, people are going to go to those games. And, you know, I, I think that's a situation that is not the same as like the Rays had some really good seasons. People are still not showing up there. And whether that's just a product of St. Petersburg being really hard to get to in the evening, uh, you know, the traffic there is miserable in Tampa. Mm -hmm. uh, generally, I think if the Red, Reds are as good as the Rays have been the last handful of years, we'll get a lot better attendance than they have. Uh, that ballpark will be full. Uh, I think the city wants to be a baseball town right now. The Bengals are the hot thing. Uh, you know, Fox 19 can't even celebrate Hunter Green's extension without basically making it about Joe Burrow. Uh, but that's, <laughs> that's the city right now. I mean, the, they've been one of the best teams in football the last couple of years, almost won a championship and the Reds have certainly not done that. So winning cures all, I think this ownership group can earn back the fans trust uh, you know, especially if Phil stays off the mic. Uh, but I will say, you know, even before they've really earned back your trust, screw it. It's a fun night at the ballpark. Support the team. Support the boys. The players love seeing the fans out there, hearing their support. Uh, 
you know, they should want to play at home games. It should be a good environment. It shouldn't be all Cubs fans. Um, <laughs> I, I would love to get that that excitement for the Reds back in our city, and we basically haven't seen it in a decade or more now. Don, going back to your point you made about uh, the Rays and their attendance woes, uh, one of the baseball podcasts that I listened to said that the Rays have had, like, I think they said 11 winning seasons out of the last 14 seasons, but yet they're still, like, middle of the pack in attendance. And one thing that really uh, I laughed at was people were complaining on Twitter about, like, how bad the attendance was on Monday night's game when, I guess it was, like, less than 7,000 people were there, and it was, like, the lowest attendance I've ever had in Great American Ballpark history, but... I think people were failing to account for that. It was like 50 degrees and overcast and rainy and like a miserable, miserable day. Like you don't want to be out in a baseball game in that weather. Yeah. Well, and who's selling out a Monday night baseball game in the year 2023, the Yankees, right. the Dodgers, maybe the Mets and like, well, the Cardinals say they sell out, but you know, there's, they don't all show up, you know? So, <laughs> I mean that like, you know, people just make whatever they want of attendance. And I, I've kind of given up that fight because the Reds, like, unless you go and unless you want to be part of the solution or part of the problem, it's, you know, it is what it is. And obviously I can't tell people what to do with their money, but like, you know, like Scott Van Pelt quote, be positive. It ta- it costs the same, yeah. you know, and it's just like, yeah. go enjoy a night with your friends at the ballpark. Like, you know, or if you don't have any friends, go by yourself. I've gone to a game by myself and like, it's, it's baseball fun, games man. are great like, for that. Yeah, you just go. Yeah, I go to games by myself all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just go watch, go enjoy. Like you'll see something you've never seen before at a baseball game, and like I, I just think it's something that you know. Once the Reds are good again, I think we've all dreamt about this. You know, a like a October version of opening day Banks crowd. You know, just all yeah, those people milling awesome. around down there, and they're even like I, I went to the the playoff game for the Bengals against the Raiders a couple of years ago, and. Banks was obviously packed for that. Can you just imagine the people going the other way, you know, going into Great American or the people watching outside? And I think they're really building something around for that. They've kind of backed out, backed away. They, Dick Williams left or they made Dick Williams leave. And I think that was a good thing because he went like two for five, like we were talking about in that one off season on free agency signings. And I, you know, Nick, Nick Crawl obviously in the front office got a lot of hate for the moves they made last year, but those moves made them a better team. We don't have Spencer Steer, obviously. We don't yep. have Noel V. Marte. We don't have Levi Stout. I mean, you know, <laughs> not, yesterday's start notwithstanding. But, there, there, you know, Jake Fraley, like there's a lot of guys that are now on the team that can make them better over the next few years. And I just want people to – Get in on the bandwagon with us early and just just enjoy this while you can. Like, there's a lot of young Plenty guys, of and it's going to be fun some nights. It's going to be bad some other nights. But you can't tell me that that Monday night game against the Rays wasn't fun to watch. Like, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. So that's my that's my rant. But I'm kind of like Bengals fans are just. I am a Bengals fan, but I'm not like a Bengals only fan, you know, and like the, the, the Bengals fans are kind of getting on my nerves a little bit, but you know, it is what it is. I'm with you there. Like, have you been a fan before Joe Burrow was a thing? Yeah. Cincinnati is a baseball town. Don't let anybody fool you. And once they're good, I, I want both teams to be good. I want all of them to be good, you know? And like, yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think they're very far away. I think there's some, with this move, I think the other thing that I wanted to mention too, we're not dirt poor. <laughs> There's some thought that we might be dirt poor. We're not dirt poor. We're we we might not be. You know, we're just paying, kind of poor. Yeah, we're not paying yeah. two hundred seventy million every year, but I do think there's some renewed optimism and hope that maybe they could bring in a couple more key pieces this off season. Bring in a couple more, like if Votto his contract is freed up after this year, then you know you just bring in maybe another veteran pitcher who can eat some innings for you, or you bring in like a big bat, you know, one of the bats from the free agency market. There's, there's some opportunity to do some things and build around this team. Because I think next year is the year we've all been thinking is going to be the year that they really try to start competing and really try to get back in the playoff race. And if they somehow come back, they're only four, four games under 500 right now. If they somehow compete and, you know, 
we cash our bets and we're, they win any game, 80 games and finish in like third place or higher, then hey, we're all good, you know. Start ahead. <laughs> that would schedule. be awesome. I'd love, I'd love that. Absolutely. I've rambled enough, Donnie. Get us out of here. Yeah. So we got a big series against the, the uh, Pirates coming up here. Four games set in Pittsburgh. Man, if we don't win three of those, I'll be pretty pretty sad. Uh, wait, wait. So are, are the Pirates' record right now is twelve and seven. Are like, are they yeah, that good? Ignore or? that. No, no, no. They're they're gonna nah. they're not great. They don't have O'Neill Cruz, and they're they're getting fat off. That's of, right. You um, did get hurt. They're, I don't they're care about fat off the Red Sox record and the, and the Cardinals. Two uh, equally bad teams. Cardinals are not good. Yeah, uh, records are weird. Yeah. weird. Records are gonna look weird right now early in this season like even even the rays very good team played some terrible teams to start their season yeah so you know things are going to be out of whack for at least all of april i'd say uh we'll get a good picture of who's who's for real you know mid-may but yeah no the the pirates screw them the pirates just played three against the rockies and won like uh, by a big margin every time. The Rockies, I think the Rockies are really bad. So that's it. That's I need us to prove okay. that we are better than the Pirates. I need us to prove we're better than the Pirates. I think we can. So, I think we let's can. do it. Let's let's win some there. We got the Rangers at home after that for just a three game home series, uh, and, and uh, they're they're pretty good. Who who knows if they're for real though? Uh, have they haven't been good lately. Yeah, and then we got a uh, little West Coast trip, so that's always fun after that. Uh, but we'll yep. we'll be back with you. I don't know, within the next couple of weeks, it's always a shoot from the hip kind of thing. But uh, no, this has been fun. Rob, I'm glad we got to go to that game last night. Steve, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll see you here soon at some point. I'll keep uh, keep Arizona ready for the red legs, uh, you know. But looking forward to the rest of the season. I think it's going to be fun. If any big news as far as extensions comes again, hey, maybe we'll come to you earlier and talk about it. Uh, I think it's an exciting time to follow the red legs. So make sure you're on uh, ATBBTTR on all social media. Uh, we'll have it for you as soon as the news drops. And uh, it, it, this is a fun team. I'm excited to watch the rest of the season. Who cares if they lose, uh, you know, most of their games. But uh, I think this team is going to be fun, which we can't always say. And that is a good thing. So, boys, that'll be it for me. Go Red Legs. Go Reds, baby. Woo. Go Reds.